0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast.
1: What is up, my beautiful people? This is the Bear of Texas, and welcome to another edition of Into the Net FC The soccer talk discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, the first leg of this year's Champions League quarterfinals is officially all wrapped up. And boy, oh boy, oh boy, am I ready to recap. I am going to be 100% honest with you. I am overwhelmed. I am dumbfounded by the results because I did not get any of my predictions correctly. Oh no, 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 no. Absolutely not. But I'm happy that I was wrong because you know what? At least I saw matches in a you know that go, went in a way that what makes the Champions League absolutely amazing. Saw upsets, saw never saw saw things that we never would have expected. Ladies and gentlemen, that is what the Champions League is all about. So let's get right to it, shall we? Game number one, Real Madrid versus Liverpool. Well, look at that. A rematch of the 2018 Champions League final. What's really interesting about this game is, a couple of days before we found out Sergio Ramos would not be available to play due to a muscle injury he sustained during international duty playing for his native Spain in the World Cup qualifiers. An absence of Sergio Ramos strikes a big blow to Los Los Blancos' defense. Unfortunately, right before the game, maybe about two hours before the game, we learned that Rafael Varane also would not be available to play because he tested positive for COVID-19 that's two key defenders ladies and gentlemen. two key defenders out what are the chances for Real Madrid does that mean Liverpool's easily going to eviscerate them some might say yes but I honestly beg to differ because Liverpool is dealing with injuries of their own and Liverpool honestly is not doing so good and they were not doing good going into this game as a matter of fact, I was actually doing a bit of research, okay, and I saw something very special about Liverpool. Check this out. going in the, you know, I believe this was post after the game. Liverpool have just scored one goal from a total of 101 shots in their seven competitive matches at Anfield so far in 2021. So I guess that gives them the disadvantage going to the second leg because the second leg is going to be in Anfield. First leg was in Madrid. Of course, because Real Madrid took the win 3 to 1, just like the final, Jurgen Klopp's side needs to score at least two goals to progress to the semi finals. Not to mention, they can't allow Real Madrid to score. But this particular game, Real Madrid and Liverpool, without the two key defenders, I felt sure that Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane would team up together and wreak havoc. On the Los Blancos defense. But this Los Blancos defense was solid. They were resilient. By God, they were motivated. Let's not forget, sometimes when one or even two key players are missing, the motivation increases at a level that we've never seen before. How many times have we seen key players be not available for a game, but only for a team that said, well, without this player, they're not going to win? They pull off the win in spectacular fashion. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the motivation that I am speaking about. The Real Madrid defense was motivated. They were motivated to prove that they can still do well, and by God, they did. And the attack was able to find the back of the net. Vincent- Vinicius Jr. scoring twice. The 20-year-old Brazilian. Unbelievable. Kareem Benzema threatened a few times, but cannot get, the ba- get to the- through the back of the net. Man. Unbelievably done! I just cannot tell y'all how impressed I am with that win. Okay, Real Madrid. You know it's already good enough that they they've avoided being eliminated in the round of 16 for the third straight year. And you know here's how they played so well and they were able to get to actually have the advantage in that game. Going up two nothing after 37 minutes of play was key. Vinicius Jr. Would, would, would draw for his blood in the 27th minute. And then about 9 minutes later, Marco Asensio would make it 2-0. So it's 2-0 at halftime. It's not over yet. I mean, as terrible as Liverpool has been lately, I mean, they are in the quarterfinals of the Champions League, okay? And they were coming off a very good and convincing win on the road against Arsenal. A 3-0 win, okay? So 6 minutes into the second half, Mohamed Salah, Manages to find the back of the net, ladies and gentlemen. From that point on, we have a game. Because immediately after, Liverpool stepped up their game and they would continually, continually, and continually threaten to score, only to come up short. That's the resiliency of the Real Madrid defense. Okay, they would not score. They would get increasingly frustrated, and then in the 65th minute, 14 minutes after Mohamed Salah finds the back of the net. Vincinius Jr. once again finds the net. It is 3-1. Real Madrid holds on. Liverpool cannot recover from it. And on this game, Sadio Mane got picked on a lot. The dude got beat up on. I'm sure that at least three times, I'm sure that Real Madrid got away with what should have been fouls, okay? Sadio Mane really did his best, but him getting picked on, the referee not you know turning a blind eye to almost everything... That's certainly not gonna do well for the Reds, okay? So going to the second leg, obviously Real Madrid has a bit of an advantage, but also mention the fact that Liverpool does not do so well at home and Liverpool's in a bit of a hole. Real Madrid's just gonna to have to seal the deal in convincing fashion. If they can keep a clean sheet, score two goals, that will be a convincing win, and then that should take them to the level to where they should be considered legitimate contenders to hoist the trophy. Real Madrid obviously has not been in their element. They have not been the same since the departure of Cristiano Ronaldo. I totally get that. It's been very difficult for them to find their winning ways. It's very tough for them to be able to find their old successful dominant form. Like I said, to find their natural element. Well, they seem to be one step closer to finding that element. And to take that step, they have to beat Liverpool and advance to the Final Four. And I think it's truly possible. So now moving on to the next game. All right. Manchester City and Borussia Dortmund. Well, I think this is probably the one that I got correctly. Although I predicted Manchester City to win 3-1 if I'm correct. Manchester City still picked up the win, but that was... Unbelievably amazing. I mean, talk about resiliency. Talk about staying focused. I mean, Manchester City's got that unique winning mentality. It takes a unique winning mentality to win the Champions League. The last few tournaments have not ended well for Manchester City, being upset in the quarterfinals or in the semifinals. Last year, they were uh, upset by Olympique Lyonnais. How many times have you seen them been upset? Okay, they have that potential, but they cannot make it through. Kevin De Bruyne puts Manchester City up on the board in the 19th minute. Not long after, it would seem that Borussia Dortmund would equalize, but apparently a foul on the goalkeeper nullifies a goal, although that's a questionable call, but it could go either way, and I truly do not want to go into the full details at this moment. So Marco Rus would equalize in the 84th minute, and it would seem that we could have a draw, but again, that concentration... That resiliency, that winning mentality that I was talking about, it shows up out of nowhere because F- Phil Foden makes it two to one in the 90th minute, in absolute amazing fashion. And check this out: at the 20 years, at 313 days old, Phil Foden is the third youngest Englishman to score in a Champions League quarterfinal. Okay, behind Alan Smith, who did so in 2001 for Leeds. Okay, and Theo Walcott in 2009 for Arsenal. It takes a young lad. A young lad can make a difference. A young lad can make a serious impact. That is the motivation right there. So there's the winning mentality. There's the concentration. There's the resiliency for Manchester City. But what's super important, there's the passion, which means there's the motivation. That's why Manchester City could certainly win it all. Of course, there's a long way to go, but do not count Manchester City out. I didn't actually watch this game. I went back and saw these uh, highlights. I, I was in a pub. I did turn my head and look at the other TV. That TV, I was watching the Real Madrid game. If you know me, if you know me, you know I you know the Real Madrid Liverpool game is certainly the one that I would have been most interested in. You know, I should have mentioned also that Luka Modric was the oldest player to assist in three consecutive Champions League games. Hmm. The first one to do it since April 2011. Hmm, unbelievable. You know Erling Haaland obviously you know did his best and certainly had his struggles, but I would not count out Borussia Dortmund yet, honestly. But with with the other with, with, now with the other game being in in a uh, Dortmund, you know Manchester City is good on the is good at home and on the road. Okay, and with Marco Rus scoring, check this out: Marco Roos is the first player to score a Champions League goal against Manchester City. Okay. Well, let me, well, let me that. The first player to score a Champions League goal against Manchester City since Luis Diaz did it for Porto in October. Okay. Okay, there we go. I I Make sure I was reading it right, because, because going to that game, Manchester City had, a, had seven consecutive clean sheets. So that's certainly something. If you could score against Manchester City, that's good. But at the end of the day, it's about the winning. But still, let's not count out that amazing achievement. All right, let's go ahead and move on. Well, here's one I certainly failed miserably at, uh, wouldn't you say? Bayern Munich and Paris Saint-Germain. And I was back at the pub today. I contemplated not going. I contemplated going. I could not decide. You know what? I was absolutely bored to death. I had nothing to do. So why not go back to the pub, enjoy a nice cold drink, and then watch some soccer? And by the way, I'd like to tell everybody, in order to enjoy a unique soccer match, a sports bar is not the place to go. You want to go to a pub. Yes, I just said that because in my opinion, there's a major difference between a sports bar and a pub. If you love soccer, you could definitely agree with me. But anyway, never would I have imagined PSG taking the win against Bayern Munich in Munich, okay? Now going this game, we found out just a few days ago Robert Lewandowski, who picked up an injury during international duty playing for his native Poland, is injured. He would be he would miss this game and the next. Honestly, I didn't think that's a big of a deal. Okay, and then just before and then just not long after, Serge Gnabry would apparently miss the game. I'm not sure why exactly, but I don't think it matters. Honestly, I told myself even with Robert Lewandowski absent, Bayern Munich can still beat the living crap out of PSG because. Just like PSG, Bayern Munich is loaded with talent. That we will not deny. That, honestly, you cannot deny. But I told myself, you know, I said this last year as well. Both teams are immensely talented, okay? But Bayern Munich has one such advantage that PSG does not seem to have. That is called a winning mentality, okay? But in this game, the tides were reversed. It seems that PSG had that winning mentality. More importantly, PSG had the resiliency. Bayern Munich did not look like their usual self. Let's keep in mind I picked Bayern Munich to win the title again, okay? It can certainly still happen, and believe it or not, while Bayern Munich is under pressure, well, check this out. In my honest opinion, it's Les Parisiens who are under more pressure, okay? Because we know that Bayern Munich has a, is is well-known for actually pulling through despite being under tremendous pressure. Unfortunately, on the other hand, we all know that Paris Saint-Germain is notorious for crumbling under tremendous pressure. Okay? It was amazing that Paris Saint-Germain not only had the winning mentality today, but they had strong resiliency just like Bayern Munich did. Let's not forget, 2-0 at one point for Paris Saint-Germain. That's right. As amazing as it was. I mean, I was mesmerized by this. But within the first 30 minutes, Paris Saint-Germain had a 2 nothing lead, courtesy of a goal scored by Kylian Mbappe, who scored in the, in the third minute. And then Marquinhos, who would score in the 28th minute. Although, honestly, that goal probably shouldn't have counted because it truly looked like Marquinhos was miles offside. But you know what? That's an argument for another time. The goal counted. Bayern Munich scored two unanswered goals, so it really doesn't matter, does it? So it's twenty-two nothing. 2-0. Okay, thirty seventh minute, Eric Maxim choupo moting scores and makes it two to one. That we go in half halftime. Okay, in the sixtieth minute, Thomas Muller makes it two to two, and I think, well, there we go. There's that winning mentality. There's that resiliency that we all know Bayern Munich has. So it seems that PSG. I was f- honestly certain that PSG was gonna was gonna concede two more goals and Bayern Munich was gonna win convincingly. It would be all over. But 8 minutes later, Kylian Mbappé, in spectacular fashion, scores um, yet another amazing goal and gives Les Parisiens the lead back, and PSG holds on for the win. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, and I had to write an article on this, okay? And I had to explain just how amazing it is that PSG was able to finally find a winning mentality and have resiliency in their heart. You don't see much of that out of PSG, especially in the Champions League, especially against a bigger club. I mean, I'll be honest, Bayern Munich is certainly a bigger club. They are much stronger, okay? But the fact that Bayern Munich refused to let up, they continually threatened and threatened and threatened. But PSG's defense, Iron Rock, solid foiled those attempts. Kaylor Navas, 10 saves, amazing saves. Absolutely fearless. That's what we want to see out of Paris Saint-Germain. Do not fear the other team just because they are known for being very dangerous. They can easily kick your ass. Be focused, okay? Focus. Focus on winning. Focus on scoring, okay? Focus on the right things. Focus on the positivity rather than negativity, for God's sake. That's what PSG did, okay? Here's a couple of things about Kylian Mbappé. My boy, Kylian Mbappé. Okay, from this game. Kylian Mbappé now has scored more Champions League goals for Paris Saint-Germain than Zlatan Ibrahimović. That is huge, but check this out. Karim, excuse me. Kylian Mbappé is now the second highest top scorer, French top scorer in the Champions League knockout stages. I'm going to say that correctly. Kylian Mbappé is now officially the second highest French top scorer in the Champions League knockout stages. Today, he tied and then surpassed Thierry Henry, okay? Kylian Mbappé now has 13 Champions League goals in the knockout stage of the Champions League, and he is trailing by six to Karim Benzema. And with him being 22 years old, there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that Kylian Mbappé will break that record, That's what he's been doing ever since he came to the scene. He's been doing that since when he was at Monaco. He's been breaking records ever since he came onto the scene. The dude is a super unique talent. We will never see such a unique talent like that ever again, I can assure you. Kylian Mbappe obviously is not perfect, but you know what? It absolutely amazes me. He's got six goals in this year's knockout stage, had the hat-trick against Barcelona, scored another goal in the second leg against Barcelona, and then scored a brace here against Bayern Munich. It amazes me that he is scoring a hat-trick and a brace against two of the biggest clubs in Europe. That's what I like to say. When it comes to a player having, you know, even being considered for the GOAT in the future, it's got to be a player that could score against the big teams at the best times, okay? It's, he's got to score when it matters, and Kylian Mbappe did that today, and I am seriously confident that he's going to do it again. We, ladies and gentlemen, I can assure you that we have not seen the best out of Kylian Mbappe. The dude's not even in his prime yet. Okay. In other words, I think it's it's safe to say, we. If you think you're impressed now, we'll understand this. You have not seen anything yet because the best out of Kylian Mbappe, ladies and gentlemen, I assure you, is yet to come. That's just how amazing, and that's how much potential Kylian Mbappe has. He's already a world champion for, for his for his um, native France. Okay, and just think of everything he's gonna do for the French national team. Think of everything he's going to do in his club career. Don't be surprised if Real Madrid increases, increases, and increases their efforts to acquire Kylian Mbappe. Wow. Y'all can tell I'm just so absolutely pumped up. Kylian Mbappe, the dude, means a lot to me. Following his career, writing about him, talking about him, the dudes made such an impact on my career. I absolutely love it. Porto and Chelsea. Well, I certainly got this one because I predicted a 1-1 tie, okay? Obviously, Chelsea obviously needed to win this game. They had to recover after they lost after they suffered their first loss under Thomas Tuchel, a 5-2 loss against West Brom. Hmm. And they f- will recover against a well-talented and well-disciplined Porto club. Okay, on the road, and they keep a clean sheet. Mason Mount scoring in the 32nd minute, and then Ben Ben Chilwell sealing the deal in in the 85th minute. Well, there was something definitely uh, that caught my attention. You know, I was actually, well, I was not surprised that Christian Pulisic was not in the starting lineup, but I was certainly surprised that he was actually a substitute because I had just realized just a few days ago that he had suffered yet another injury, okay? Not to mention, he came into the game as well, so it seems that the man's okay? And obviously, and when I saw Angelo Conte on the, as a substitute, I was not surprised because after France's first World Cup qualifying game, he was sent back to England because he picked up a hamstring injury, and he too also came in this game. So it seems that though they're both doing okay, y'all know me very well. Christian Pulisic and Angelo Conte are two very important players to me. Man, but you know, Edouard Mendy. I just have a feeling th- this dude is gonna be is gonna go down as one, one of the best you know goalkeepers. You know, ever ever since he uh, arrived in Chelsea, I mean, it's been nothing but absolutely awesome. Okay, This the Senegalese international is, is really just making the best out of his career in Chelsea. And ever since he arrived, it's been nothing but you know clean sheets left and right. I mean, the dude is absolutely amazing. All right. So not with, with, Porto, no, with Porto knocking at Juventus. I, you know, I really felt so obviously Juventus has to be, you know, an overwhelming favorite. But let's not count Chelsea out because, you know, like I said, Chelsea's been doing fantastic ever since Thomas Tuchel took over. And check this out. Mason Mount is Chelsea's youngest ever goal scorer in a Champions League knockout game. At 22 years and 87 days old. Hmm. Unbelievable. You know... And Chelsea, you know, I honestly believe, you know, with Chelsea picking up a 2 nothing win on the road, I really believe that Chelsea can, is actually going to seal the deal in the, in the next leg, you know, at Sanford, at Sanford Bridge, okay? You know, and I was, you know, at the pub, you know, this game was playing while I was watching the PSG game. You know, of course, I had to uh, turn my head and look at the other TV for a few seconds while there was something going on with the game I was specifically focusing on, but, you know... It, I don't, you know, here's what's been the problem with Chelsea, you know, You know, and this concerns uh, Timo Werner because, you know, Timo Werner, you know, has yet to make an amazing impact for Chelsea and not to mention that lately he's been struggling, you know, in international duty. Like, let's not forget, like, last week when the German national team suffered a humiliating upset loss to North Macedon- Macedonia, okay, and this was in Germany. Okay, Germany rarely loses World Cup qualifying games. I mean, it's probably even super rare that they lose World Cup qualifying games at home, and they lost to North Macedonia. But what I'm getting to is that Timo Werner had this super golden opportunity to score. That goal should have gone in, but he missed it. Okay, and I don't know. I mean, I did see a play where there was a play that where was where, it was, where it was it definitely was missed. I mean, I, I just I just overheard a Chelsea player saying, "Well, this time he was covered." So. I'm assuming he's referring to Timo Werner but since I don't know I'm not going to say it was um you know I'm, I'm I'm being very honest I I have yet to have the time to go watch the highlights of this game I'm kind of doing some research based on what what I've seen I mean okay I did watch a little bit of highlights but I obviously have not watched enough so I can't go so deep in this game but I mean you know, with Chelsea the, this team is certainly proving a point that they're they're dark horse in this tournament there's no doubt about that and for them to go to the final four is huge, but th- and I certainly think they will. I mean, Chelsea is perfectly capable of pulling off the upset and even making it to the final. I mean, it would be huge if they go to the final and Thomas Tuchel makes up for what happened last year, wins the title, and kind of like kind of uh, points and laughs at PSG because you know PSG gave up on them and things didn't go well so there, and, and Thomas Tuchel is now having you know, a lot of success uh, in England. So basically, what I'm getting at is should never count Chelsea out. And in the second leg, I really expect Chelsea to seal the deal. Ladies and gentlemen, Into the Net FC is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you all very, very much for joining me today. I will see you next time.